0: But to see that, look at God did. I mean, he brought people to the church not only through the fruit of the outreach, but even through what we thought was the bad suffering part of it, and still use that to bring people. And so I'm like, those are what I mean. If you're just walking in faith, you are going to see the suffering. You don't have to go looking for it, and you shouldn't. Welcome to this week's episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm joined with Pastor Hayden. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm Pastor Hayden, and that was Pastor Evan. And here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Life Group Leaders, including this podcast to equip you, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. And so we are here. Looking at the new series, People and Promises, and we are in our second sermon uh, on this topic. And my prayer and my expectation is that we can help you lead uh, effective life groups on this sermon called the incubation of a nation where Israel is enslaved uh, to Egypt, but in God's, uh, in, in God's great plan, they're actually being incubated, being prepared to be the nation that God has called them to be. Pastor Evan, would you like to read the text that we're going to be in in the genealogy of Matthew? It would be my pleasure. Matthew
1: chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And Judah, the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram and Ram, the father of, of Aminadab, and Aminadab, the father of Nation, and Nation, the father of Salmon. All right, well, Pastor Hayden, you just got done preaching just a few minutes ago, and we have some life groups to get ready for. So uh, the main thrust of your sermon was that we need to trust in God's promises in Christ and that this would help us not to waver in the presence of suffering or God's discipline. Uh, is there anything that we need to take away as leaders from your main point and anything surrounding it uh, for our life groups this week?
0: I think these are two things that are a part of the Christian experience. And uh, often I think Christians have a problem or at least have a difficulty connecting uh, suffering or the discipline of God to an actual uh, robust faith. And I hope that you're able to, through this sermon and through some further study, even through this podcast, to help your group say, you know what? Suffering is uh, not uh, antithetical to the gospel Christian experience, and neither is the discipline of God. And actually, those things can actually one prove that you are living a faithful life, even even when you're being disciplined for moments of disobedience. And uh, it can help you trust and be faithful to God because uh, you're not having to wonder why are these bad things happening because the biblical narrative says suffering and discipline does happen and that is a part of being a Christian and I hope that you can help your people uh, walk in faith and trust knowing that we see that throughout the line of uh, a Christ in his uh, forefathers. Well as you preached
1: on earlier through these
0: names
1: that experienced the events of the Old Testament uh, the first point you had was for us to entrust our suffering to God's plan, And maybe what is the the most important thing that we should reiterate to our life groups this week regarding this point? I think it's
0: an add-on to what we've just been talking about. It's like when you look at the text, and I'd like to dialogue a little bit with you, Pastor Evan, just off the top of your mind. uh, I'll start with like the Exodus. I mean, there's a big example of suffering. Uh, in the Old Testament that leads to God's fulfilling His promises. What are some other places that you would see suffering? I know I'm calling you to the spot, but what are some other places you see suffering happening in the line of the will of God in Scripture?
1: Oh, before Exodus, you had the end of Genesis with Joseph. I mean, God Joseph, suffering That's suffering right. for Joseph. Imprisonment. Uh, imprisonment. Uh,
0: selling into slavery.
1: And and then, well, being falsely accused of uh, something yeah. wrongdoing. Yeah. And he, God raised him up to to deliver not only the nation of Egypt and the, and the surrounding areas, but also the, the s- still save the seed, right, the offspring. I mean, it, it, more importantly, the suffering of Christ. Mm-hmm. God planned that out.
0: He, hey, what about the suffering of the disciples? Because uh, Christ said that he would scatter. Like uh, there would be a scattering of the disciples throughout all of the world to uh, propagate the gospel. And we see even in the narrative of scripture, how did that scattering happen? Through persecution. Through persecution. So the reason that the gospel spread at the speed that it did was because of the persecution that God said would happen so that the gospel would spread. So, I mean, those things is just to see that, hey, Scripture is very clear about the suffering uh, for the faithful. Uh, and the question is, hey, if I'm not suffering at all, and now I'm not talking about you're not getting crucified, you're gonna get, you're not gonna get hung, probably. All this, I'm not saying like those things, but I'm saying, like, yes, you will be ridiculed, people will talk about you differently, think about you differently. If those things aren't things that you're experiencing uh, in your life, it's 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 wise and I think healthy to think, am I am I being faithful? Because I know. That being faithful puts me at odds with uh, the world, with culture. And uh, if I'm never, ever receiving any uncomfortable uh, glances or uh, anything that I would uh, categorize as suffering or a trial because of my faith, am I living out the faith that I profess that I have?
1: That is an excellent thing to to really think through and it might be concerning for the people maybe in your life group that do we need to be seeking out suffering. And I think that one example I can think of that sometimes the suffering that we can experience is just interpersonal relationships where you know that you need to maybe confront someone or think about your spouse when you need to confront your spouse. I mean, I don't really hope you don't take pleasure and joy to confront your spouse and sin. However, it's not, uh, it's not comfortable because you know the backlash could be severe.
0: And do you have to seek out suffering? The answer is, is no, because if you're walking in obedience and faithfulness, suffering is going to find you. Mm-hmm. I even think of uh, when we did our outreach for Easter last this past year, right before we launched into this building. Uh, you know, we had a, somebody write a whole bunch of bad reviews, and most of them got taken down, but a couple of them stayed up. And we just found out last week that somebody came to our church. And we and we asked them I th- guess through a connect card how they found out about us and they said well uh, we saw these reviews these bad reviews on uh, on the Google reviews and they said well if uh, Satan's attacking a church that bad we better go see what's going on over there and so they came because of the our suffering or the, what we when I did think it was suffering because it, it was very difficult to have to deal with that and try to I think keep our church uh, motivated even in the midst of Well, it obviously looks like people in the community don't want us here. But to see that, look at God did. I mean, he brought people to the church not only through the fruit of the outreach, but even through what we thought was the bad suffering part of it and still use that to bring people. And so I'm like, those are what I mean. If you're just walking in faith, you are going to see the suffering. You don't have to go looking for it, and you shouldn't. Mm
1: -hmm. And I can think of one of our sister churches in Southern California going through with getting their building approved. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to walk faithfully, and at first the city – you know, rejected it. And they were tested to go, okay, how faithful will we act in this? Will we lash out or will we suffer well and endure? And God blessed their efforts. And now they have been approved to move forward on that building project. And sometimes with these little moments of deliverance, we know that it's God who delivers. And ultimately the deliverance that scripture is pointing to is the the deliverance from sin and that goes to your second point to grasp god's plan for deliverance and so as life group leaders pastor hayden again what is the one thing we should have What's the one thing that we should communicate to our life
0: groups around your second point? The continuity of God's plan for deliverance throughout redemptive history. And maybe that sounded big, but I think that's a concise way to say it, that there is no gaps in God's redemptive plan. He didn't miss anything. Actually, as you look at the history and the biblical accounts, it's all pointing to Jesus. And I hope I did a good job of that in the sermon. Uh, that show you all the ways that the Old Testament is continually pointing to Christ, and I know I missed some because we didn't even talk about uh, the the snakes that were killing Israel and how literally Jesus points back to that exact uh, scene uh, when they're in the wilderness about how he, uh, just like the golden snake, it was serpent was lifted up, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, and whoever would look upon him will be saved, just like when you looked upon that golden serpent. I mean, that is a that's a Christ picture in the Old Testament that Jesus directly uh, pointed to in his own crucifixion. And so I know we didn't hit all of them, but I hope we hit enough of them to see, wow, all of this points to Jesus. Well, and it's something that you and I have been dialoguing with, and even you and I have been
1: talking to people throughout the lobby of like, okay, why are we taking so long to go through the genealogy of Jesus? It's because of how important it is to not just you. Know, I don't know, but the culture here where it might be a temptation of like, hey, let's just focus on the New Testament because that's the closest thing to us. But for us to know the totality of Scripture and to understand that the continuity, why is it so important for us to know the continuity of the entire Bible
0: pointing towards Christ? If we don't, and and maybe and maybe this isn't you, but maybe it is. And if it's not you, it is people in your group. Uh, Because even if they can't put their finger on this fact, they just have a problem trusting in God's promises. What will help them and give them just the utmost confidence is when you see that the whole Bible is pointing to one thing. Like, it's not just that Jesus showed up, you know, 3 or 4 A.D., which is, is kind of a hard thing to think about because it's really in conjunction with his arrival is how you see the time differences uh, put from B.C. and A.D., but the point about it is saying thousands of years has gone by, and wh- why is that moment the moment of salvation? Why is that moment the the culmination of redemptive history and the arrival of Christ? Well, because that was always the plan. And if you can help people see that, man, not only do I think your evangelism and discipleship would grow, but so many people's faith is going to be strengthened through continually pointing people back to the continuity of Scripture and how the problem is, again, so many problems, but one specific issue is the way that we grew up learning about the Bible was here's a story, here's a story, here's a story, here's a story, story," period. Not here's a story that leads to Christ, and 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 And all these stories, they actually lead to Christ. (laughs) Anyway, that's what I think is going to be helpful to point out to your people. All right. And then your final point
1: is for us to embrace God's discipline. And, and yeah, you unfortunately didn't have another hour to explain the discipline that Israel kept facing in the wilderness and how the, even the wilderness overall was a grand discipline from, from God. So same question with the other points. What is the one thing that we should have ready to communicate to our life groups this, this
0: week under point number three? Holiness matters. Uh, discipline uh, comes in light of our inability to live holy, uh, and that is seen in a large part in the actual substitutionary atonement of Christ. Right, our disobedience, our in, inca- our in. Ability to be holy means that somebody had to be holy for us. Now, in that, now that we are justified in Christ, we now have that substitution of him. He's given us the spirit of God in us as we've turned away from our sins and trusted in Christ. Now we have the power uh, through Christ. We have the capacity for holiness. And now God enacts holiness in us. uh, And that is seen... uh, as, we, as he's testing us, like we talked about, uh, and him revealing our hearts, and then God disciplining us to correct our hearts, and through the power of the Spirit, he is sanctifying us. And discipline is a, is a large part of the sanctification process for the Christian. And so we have to be able to embrace God's discipline, because to be a Christian means that I'm going to have to deal with the discipline. Being a person of the promise, being a people of God, Discipline is a part of it. It goes with the territory, like uh, the introduction, playing football. It's just part of it.
1: And I think going to build upon your point and using your own words is that trials reveal our hearts and God's discipline corrects our hearts and remembering that God's goal is for us to be in his image. We're creating it, created in his image. We need to be recreated in a sense. Conformed is, conformed. is a good word. Right. The uses. when we're recreated, then we're conformed into his image and everything in our lives. God is using to conform us, including discipline and so that's something that we need to encourage our life groups because, as you mentioned before, our current culture likes to avoid suffering and pain as much as we can. But God wants us to endure it so that he can refine us to remove the, the dross, the, our sinful habits, and to pl- replace those with his righteous habits in us so that we can properly
0: display the image of God. A scripture I didn't give, I alluded to and talked a little bit about it, but it's Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 5. I think it's going to be a great summary of the wilderness uh, journey of the Israelites that you guys can actually bring up uh, as life group leaders into your group to say, hey, this is exactly what was going on, Uh, and a big part of that was uh, the discipline. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you, and that's Deuteronomy 8, verse 5. And so that's a good one to jot down. Maybe bring that up in your group if you have some time. All right. Well, is there any
1: other helpful insights or maybe cross-references that might be able to help us as life group leaders
0: uh, to be able to be ready to lead our life groups this week? The insight is, and I have to do this as the pastor, and I know it can be difficult as a life group leader, you always have to point back to the genealogy. This isn't just a uh, an overview of the Old Testament. That is not what this is about. This is about uh, the line of Christ and how, as we put historical narrative uh, as a template of reading the genealogy, we see God's faithfulness uh, to Israel to bring about the promised Messiah through the seed of the woman, uh, through, uh, uh, through Seth, through Abraham, and through the patriarchs all the way to to Christ and so we always need to in our life groups continue taking it back to the genealogy
1: all right and with the life group questions that you uh, wrote down uh, what is the direction you need us to take and obviously we don't want this this is a temptation in the series in the genealogy as we do an Old Testament survey essentially but it's always connected and rooted in the genealogy that we're gonna have a lot of commentators we need to make sure we're applicators in our groups Mm -hmm. Uh, but what's another direction that we can have with the the questions that you have given us
0: yeah. I'm looking at these questions. I've tried to do a better job and I try to every week of just making sure there's an opportunity for immediate application. Uh, and so I hope that I've been able to do that uh, and really been talking a lot about continuity. Uh, how is uh, suffering a normal part of the Christian experience? Uh, why is accepting that God is a disciplinary and hard for some people? Like all of these I've, I've And I hope that I've done a good job of bringing these to immediate application. And so really, I've tried to make that part easy on you guys because I'm not trying to ask you guys to become scholars to know all of this technical information. Although it's important for you to know the narrative and how it all connects. I hope and pray that these application questions are super applicable. Uh, And uh, yeah, I think on question number uh, two, I think one thing would be helpful is I have in parentheses uh, using the verses at Philippians 3, 8 through 10 and Romans 5, 3 through 4 and use other scriptures that you may know to explain how suffering is a normal part of the Christian experience. Uh, I just have some other scriptures ready to show them without a shadow of a doubt in their own minds that, Hey, scripture talks a lot about suffering and how it's a normal part of being a person of the promise of Christian experience.
1: All right. And pastor Hayden, was, is there a particular resource that you were using uh, this week to kind of help you understand you know the, how Christ is in the Exodus account from Exodus numbers, you know, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy.
0: Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I use Logos, and so, and I, I guess I could just give you a, a pitch on Logos. Purchase Logos. It is such a a, a great a resource because it's not just one resource; it's as many as you can you can buy, honestly. And a lot of them are built in. So I've been using some really great tools. Uh, And there's a tool in Logos in the Tools tab called Timeline. And if you pop on that Timeline, it actually shows you everything that was going on throughout history. Uh, And I just think I showed, I told you about this tool this week. I get really excited. And it was a really great tool. And I know if you don't have Logos, you're like, okay, this is not useful, but get it. There's a free version. There's a cheap version, and you can spend anywhere from zero dollars to probably close to twenty or thirty thousand dollars on this on this software. But you don't. It's anywhere in between. And the basic features give you great tools like timeline, and it just helps you start building a repertoire of great resources. Uh, like did you like most of us didn't know that you know when we looked at the genealogy, most of us didn't know that uh, Perez and Hezron uh, and Ram and Aminadab uh, were in that two hundred and seventy-five year period uh, where we don't really have biblical history being unfolded in scripture, and so it kind of helps you that timeline kind of shows you a little bit of that. So you can put names to times so you can uh, actually trust that the Bible is accurate in the way that it times out history. And that's why you didn't have these names. And it doesn't tell you that those names aren't important. It just shows you they're in there, which shows you that God was still working, even though you don't have some recorded biblical history there. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Hayden. Logos is something that, yes, we would both emphatically uh, recommend to all of you. Especially life group leaders, you guys. For you, I, I would almost just say, hey, if you can do it, do it. And we can do trainings on how to help you guys use it better. And there's resources of trainings that we can point
1: you to that can help you do that. Right. Morse Proctor. Morse Good old man. Well, Pastor Hayden, I know you didn't really have a. If a I had a pet,
0: if I had a pet moose, I'd name him Morris. Why moose? M- Morris the moose. Okay, fair enough. He. You, by the way, fun fact: <laughs> you <laughs> caught a deer with your bare hands this morning. I did. Uh, yes. It, yeah. Um, Happy birthday, compass. Happy birthday. Deer. There was a deer, and it was in the back. We had a barbecue and, after, and uh, it was stuck. And it was running and it couldn't get out. Was it a substitute for something? <laughs> no, but it could have been. It would have been. It would have been interesting. And it's, anyway, so it laid down. It was scared. I picked him up. I helped him get under the fence so he could run back to his mama. All right. That's well, it. speaking of, how, you were able to do that
1: because you were a trained animal lover <laughs> on the farm. What training do you have for us? So something as we get ready for to lead our life groups. What is maybe something in to in leading life groups that we can re, be reminded of for this week.
0: Yeah, part of it is being that great facilitator. Have a little bit of extra knowledge in, in your pockets and a little bit of extra uh, stuff that you can uh, use as uh, facilitating uh, tools, as transition tools. Uh, help people with double questions. Like, you're answering this question, but what does that lead to? What are some implications of that question? Follow up with other questions to help people think deeply about these uh, you know, and something in always, and maybe your groups don't deal with this as much, but like be careful with the hijackers, right? The people who like to hijack the conversation, just learn how to land that plane. No uh, pun intended, uh, and to move it forward without anybody, you know, getting hurt or getting, you know, taken off track. You know, it's, it's a hard job to be a life group leader. And with our growing groups, uh, your responsibility is growing. And I, I resonate with you because we both lead good, large life groups, pastor Evan and I. And so, We understand the struggle, and it's real, Uh, but I think as you give these uh, double questions, if you follow up with more questions, help people dig in, uh, you you become a a good facilitator that can mitigate uh, anything that takes us off track and also uh, dive deeper into areas that you think are necessary.
1: All right. Well, Compass, we have several announcements uh, first one is going to be baptisms uh, coming up next Sunday. Pastor Hayden, what do our life, life group leaders need to know about baptisms
0: coming up? This is the last week you can sign up. I mean, these next few days are are pivotal if you want to help your people sign up for baptism because you have to, everyone's got to meet with Pastor Evan. I'm leaving for about six days. I'll be back on next Sunday. Uh, but Pastor Evan's going to have to do every single baptism interview that signs up this week. And so help him out by getting these earlier so he's not spending uh, Friday and Saturday all day doing baptism interviews. He's got so much work to do on top of that. So, So help us out by getting everyone who needs to register registered today. All right. Well, Compass, our Compass Midweeks,
1: we have life groups this week. And especially on Wednesdays, we have everything running from Adventure Club, students, and life groups. Uh, please be praying for Pastor Hayden and I. We are, everything is growing, and we're so grateful for God's growth. Let's be praying for wisdom as
0: things get started to get packed out. Yep, that's just prayer. You guys know what's going on midweeks. Just pray that we could continue facilitate, facilitating effective ministry as we continue to grow. Student Parent Night, September 18th, 6 to 8 p.m. here. Dinner's provided. You guys know it. Just remind your groups to, uh, to make sure they prioritize that. And then we have a Women's Fellowship on September 24th, so gals, make sure you get your ladies together and uh, go over the questions that we have uh, given through uh, Ka- the preaching of Kayla last uh, last time you guys gathered. So we look forward to that. And, guys, we just look forward to seeing all that God is going to continue doing here. Happy birthday, and we look forward to doing more ministry with you this year.